Welcome to the Da Vinci Hour, a podcast series that interviews individuals across the field of medicine to help provide an inside look into their experiences and provide insight on how to navigate the journey of becoming a physician. My name is Dr. Maxwell Cooper, and I will be your host. This podcast is brought to you by Da Vinci Academy, a medical education company that provides online video courses, outline format books, and clinical case videos for students studying the medical basic sciences. You can check out all that DaVinci Academy has to offer at www.dbiacademy.com. Uh, welcome back to the DaVinci Hour podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Maxwell Cooper. I just want to say Happy New Year, you know, Happy 2022. It's the first episode of the new year. Very excited about this episode. And uh, for this one, we're doing a little something a little bit different. Uh, we're going solo on this one, where I'm going to just give you kind of my thoughts on the topic today, which is time management and essentially how to manage, you know, multiple endeavors, how to balance that with your studies as a student or your clinical work, also as a, you know, the third or fourth year student or as a, as a resident. Uh, and so I feel kind of uh, in a good position to talk about this. This is something I've had to refine over a number of years of going back to being a student. I was always been involved in a lot of things. And right now I'm certainly involved in, in many endeavors. I mean, I have my, my day job, which is I'm a radiology resident at Emory University. And then obviously I'm the, the host of the DaVinci Hour podcast. And then I'm also the co-founder and essentially run the DaVinci Academy, which is the company that produces the DaVinci Hour podcast. And then in addition to that, we produce a lot of uh, online video educational content for medical students and medical education in general. And, you know, as a part of that, I, you know, I'm involved in, you know, writing lectures, producing lectures and, and things like that, writing textbooks, writing practice questions. So that keeps me busy. Uh, I'm also involved in an interventional radiology uh, device development project uh, with uh, one of my co-residents and a couple of the faculty uh, interventional radiologists here at Emory as well, and uh, some other collab collaborations with some other institutions. Uh, and so we have grant funding for that, which is a pretty cool and very, very exciting project, but, you know, obviously keeps me busy as well. Uh, and then I also do some some clinical research projects as well. I do a little bit less clinical research right now just because of uh, some of these other things, but definitely have my, my hand in some projects uh, as well. And then in addition to that, you know, also finding time for my personal hobbies, you know, um, golf and tennis are kind of my main things, uh, working out, running, fitness, things like that, time for friends and family. And so it's, you know, I've kind of developed a, a system and I think it kind of boils down to three things that I'll go over in this episode. Um, but I think it's definitely certainly not easy, but it's it's not as hard as you may think if you if you kind of have a system and a way for approaching it. And so I, I would really say I would say the three things it boils down to and I'll go through each of these in the episode is one picking endeavors outside of whatever your main uh, you know focuses, whether it's school or, or residency or, or whatnot, uh, your main whatever you pick to, to spend your time on, whatever endeavors, make sure it's something you're at least interested in, ideally passionate about. Um, and so, you know, I've always tried to pick topics that I've had, had some kind of interest because these are the things you're going to be spending your spare time on. And so when you're tired and when you've worked all day, you know, you're not going to want to come home and work on something you just have no interest in doing. I mean, it's just, you know, it's going to be a chore. It's going to be a drag and you're honestly not going to be probably that productive um, or, or not as get as much out of it, you know, versus if you're passionate about it or interested in it, it's something you may even look forward to doing or be excited about doing, hopefully. Uh, and so and you got to be able to find ways to, to kind of say no to doing projects that you don't want to do, because that's just not at the end of the day, not great for anybody involved uh, as well. And we'll talk about that as well. 
I think two, you got to keep yourself organized. I probably have the three. This is probably my weakest. Uh, I'm, I'm ever working on it. Uh, and, you know, trying to keep myself organized as possible. I think when, especially when you're juggling multiple endeavors, keeping yourself organized is very, very important. And I'll go through uh, some tactics I've had to pick up to kind of help keep those, keep those in line. And then I'd say the third one is really how you schedule your time, how you, you know, budget your time, efficiency, you know, things like that. And we'll definitely go into those, uh, those three things here in the episode, kind of do it section by section here. And, you know, again, kind of going back to passion, I just want to, you know, quickly say that, you know, we really had a great year in 2021. You know, I've been really passionate about this podcast. We started it uh, in February was my first episode. My, my good friend uh, from medical school, Dr. Ronit Shah, he's an orthopedic resident at Temple. Uh, we started out with him, me and him just kind of got together one night and started recording. And ever since then, it's been uh, a lot of fun to do. I, I've met some uh, new people through doing this podcast, which is really cool. And hopefully, I think the biggest thing is it's really brought you a lot of value given your, you know, we really try to give you insight on a bunch of different uh, fields and experiences of different physicians, you know, attendings, residents out there, uh, you know, have kind of a, a leaning towards medical device innovation, but I think there's been some other interesting, you know, such as uh, Dr. Colin Ruff, who was an author we had on, and uh, we've had some other uh, guests as well involved in research and, and things like that. And so, you know, we put out 13 episodes uh, during last year. We, in the last five months or so, we were, on, I would say, on a regular rate of putting two episodes out a month, and I want to keep to that uh, going forward in 2022. So definitely stay tuned. We've got a lot of great guests. I'm, I'm really excited uh, to have, you know, some of these new guests. I think you guys will really enjoy them. Um, we've got those scheduled for, for later, you know, this month and, and ongoing this year. The other thing is DaVinci Cases, uh, which is a video core v clinical case video series and audio series we put out uh, from DaVinci Academy that, you know, I'm the, the lead writer and, and video producer for is, you know, we put it out every Wednesday on YouTube and then on different audio channels, the same ones where you find this podcast, you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, our website. Uh, and so you can either watch the video or listen to the audio. And we've hit our 40th case. We did our, our fourth organ system. So we started with musculoskeletal, we did neuroanatomy, cardiovascular, and then we just finished uh, pulmonary. And now we're on to renal. Uh, we actually just put out our first case uh, this first week of this past week, the first week of the year, and really looking forward to that as well, uh, you know, keeping that going. And, and, you know, we've gotten a lot of positive feedback from that. And so really hoping, hoping to keep that going. And so definitely stay tuned for that. Our partnership, which we formed uh, in 2020, actually, with the University of Colorado School of Medicine, uh, specifically the director of the histology course there, Dr. Lisa Lee, uh, hoping to get her on the podcast too sometime, kind of talk about the future of medical, medical education. Uh, but anyway, you know, we've uh, produced the histology course with her, and it's really been a great partnership. And now, you know, all the medical students there are using the, using the uh, histology course, and uh, along with the master's in anatomy students there as well. And we've really gotten great feedback. We're really proud of that course. You know, it's a lecture video series, but then we have pre and post lecture questions. We have lab videos, which I think are really cool, kind of something new and unique for the histology course where we teach you how to go through the histology slides and things like that. And we should how to really read those slides. We felt like there was really a lack of resources that did that out there. Uh, and then the other thing is we're continuing that partnership forward. Uh, thankfully, Dr. Lee's staying on with us and, and producing. She's also the embryology course director. So she's uh, signed on with us to produce the embryology course. And then uh, we've also collaborated with uh, the neuroanatomy course director there, Dr. Maureen Stavio. So she is currently uh, producing the neuroanatomy course with us, hopefully putting it out at the end of this coming summer. 
So a lot of great things in the works here at DaVinci Academy. Uh, so definitely check that out at our website, dviacademy.com and check those things out. Really, really, you know, uh, talking about passion. I mean, I'm very passionate about medical education, you know, really producing products that I think, you know, really help people learn, whether it's, you know, free content through this or the YouTube or, you know, our online courses. All right. So that's my spiel on that. And kind of going forward here, kind of going into the first, you know, section here of really picking what are passionate for you. So this all boils down to you only have so much time. I mean, everybody, no matter who you are, you only have 24 hours in a day. And if you're a medical student or a resident or, even, you know, an if you're an attending physician listening to this, you know, no matter who you are, you only have so many hours. And on top of that, you have a very busy primary job, you know, which is, you know, either studying, uh, you know, for your exams and things like that, going to your clerkships and studying for your shelf exams, applying to residency. You know, if you are a resident, I you know, don't have to tell you that's an extremely uh, demanding and uh, huge uh, consumer of your time. And so how you use that time outside and the problem is often you're, you're you know, you're very tired. You're, you know, this is, you know, you have to put everything you have into your, your medical education, into your, your medical training. Um, so, you know, these are things that you're going to be pursuing when you may not have, you know, the most energy in the world, uh, unless you're doing it like on a day off or something like that, or maybe it was a little bit easier day for you. But the thing is, is, you know, how you, what, the, the way to kind of counteract that is picking things that you are really passionate about. So if you're going to spend your spare time on this, uh, you want this to be something you're very interested in. So for example, let's say you are a medical student that is inter interested in radiology or interventional radiology, either one. The thing about radiology is it does have a lot of overlap, but the thing is you don't want to pick, you know, some basic science research study that doesn't really have any, you know, looking at like gene expression. If you're not really interested in that, I wouldn't really do that. I mean, it, you may have someone who'd be excited to have you and, and, you know, maybe even mentor you, but I think I wouldn't pick something like that unless, you know, Maybe you have a side interest and you think there's potentially a way you could integrate that into your career as a radiologist or whatever physician you decide to be. But I think ideally you're going to want to pick something that's in the field you want to do. Um, and so, you know, if you're more interested in it, obviously when you're tired after working all day, you're going to be more excited to do it. You're going to be more motivated to do it on your days off, you know, because at the end of the day, a lot of this stuff, it's done at night. It's done during your days off. It's sacrificing time with, uh, you know, your hobbies, you know, you're sacrificing chilling time, you know, you can't just hang out and chill as much as you'd like to, if you want to pursue things like, and the types of things I'm talking about are either research projects, teaching endeavors, you know, starting a company, uh, you know, starting a nonprofit organization, starting a club or organ some other type of organization, whether it be your school or, or elsewhere getting involved in student government or, you know, even at the residency level, there's, you know, the student, the resident uh, government uh, as well. There's a resident Senate uh, here that we can participate in and at other places. So when picking these things, you want it to be something you're very passionate about. Um, I would say the only exception to that is if you think a particular endeavor can enable you to gain valuable skills. So let's say, let's take radiology, for example, let's say there's a guy, there's a, you know, a surgeon who does a lot of high level research. He's an, you know, he or she is an excellent mentor. And you think you can really learn how to do really high level, great research. You know, they're known for, you know, they have a great research infrastructure. They have, you know, people that has really organized and they have, you know, 
all these different projects going on and they're good projects and they're publishing and things like that. And you think this is someone you could really learn a lot. And on top of it, they're just a really nice person and a really, you know, really great person to work with. Then I think in those scenarios, and I, I've taken part in projects like that before where maybe it wasn't necessarily directly what I was interested in or it wasn't, it was something maybe I was just considering, you know, a field or an area. Um, but I got a lot out of it because it was somebody that was really worth working with and something, you know, those are skills and, and experiences I take with me and, and apply to, you know, the things you are interested in. So if you feel like you can really learn how to do research well through this one endeavor and then apply it to an endeavor that's more in your field of interest, I think that's that could be worth it as well. Things you want to avoid are things that just aren't productive, people that don't get back to you, people that blow you off, um, things that you know, maybe projects that you don't necessarily think are going to go anywhere. Um, you know, if it's a project that's been keeps getting handed down and handed down and hand, whether it's no matter what it is, it's, you know, research is kind of the thing everyone thinks of with that. But also, I mean, there's other, you know, if there's a student organization where there's just not, it's someone started it two years ago and there's not much traction still. I mean, maybe you're the person to bring that, you know, to, to life and bring it, uh, you know, to, fruition but you know I, I wouldn't I would be weary of those type of opportunities because again you, you only have so much time and you want it to be something that's productive for you as well and something that's meaningful bottom line pick something you're interested in picking something you're passionate about you know it's gonna make it also easier to you know kind of incorporate it into you know when you do research for example you learn about that topic you learn about things and it helps you you know when you do clinical rotations in that particular field. And the other thing is, you know, it helps you network with people, all those types of things. And you're going to be more apt to, you know, responding to emails quickly, you know, getting things done. You know, if you drag your feet on a, a thing, like say it's a project you're working on with an attending, you know, whether it's a educational project, a research project, those types of things, that doesn't look good if you don't get back to them right away. If you don't get back, to, I mean, unfortunately, when you're, you know, at, you know, the, at the student or even trainee level, you're still kind of a little bit under the microscope. Like you've got to get back. You're trying to impress, you know, this is kind of a way for you to demonstrate other abilities besides your clinical acumen or knowledge. Um, and so, you know, definitely you, if you're more passionate and more interested, you're going to be more excited. You're going to be more apt to be reading about it, you know, without even having to be told. And so those are all really important things, I think. Um, for example, my medical device project, medical device development is something I've always wanted to do. It's something I, I find, uh, you know, really exciting. It's a way to, you know, bring a new technology uh, to patient care and improve patient care where there's a real clinical need. It's something that I'm very excited about. Same thing with medical education. I think, you know, medical education is an evolving uh, space right now. And so I'm happy to be a part of that and, and contributing to that and making, uh, you know, medical education uh, more accessible, more effective, more efficient. Uh, and so, you know, those are all things that really keep me going uh, as well. I think the other thing is if you can manage similar activities. So for me, you know, I have this medical education company, DaVinci Academy. I'm also in the works of developing a interventional radiology education company as well uh, with a co-resident of mine. And that's something that, you know, I can take the skills I've done with DaVinci Academy to produce videos and, and other and audio content and things like that and apply it to that. And I, it also overlaps with my interest in interventional radiology as well. And so it helps my clinical studying. Next, kind of the next topic to go through is organization. Now, I will admit uh, that organization is something I am not naturally good at. Uh, and so 
it's something I've really worked on. And then, you know, if there's one of these three things, maybe you're really organized, but you have trouble saying no to projects that you don't want to do. That, that's something I want to hit on real quick is it's harder to do, I'll admit, as a medical student to say no to things. You just got to say it in a very, you got to either say, you know, I'm focused on my studies. You got to say, I have too many other projects. And, you know, for right now, like I, my bandwidth is weight is probably stretched even beyond what it should be. And so I really can't afford to take on anything new right now. Like if someone came and asked me, hey, can you work on this so-and-so project? I'd probably say no, um, because I just don't have the time. I, I'm stretched, you know, kind of to my capacity. And that's and then you just have to be honest and say that. I mean, don't say, oh, you know, you know, make something up or something like that. You know, don't do that. You know, it just doesn't look good. And so, you know, you know, just politely saying, you know, I'm focusing on my studies and I'm focusing on these. I have these other projects. I don't want to spread myself too thin. You know, I know that a project like this requires a lot of dedication and, you know, a lot of time. And unfortunately, I just don't have that. You know, there's there's ways you can, you know, politely decline certain things that you don't want to participate in, you know, for whatever reason. Maybe you just don't have the time and you'd actually like to or you don't want to for whatever reason. So back to organization. I think a big thing, and you, maybe some of you probably already do this, but I, using a calendar, I think is huge, whether it's your Google calendar, you know, Apple calendar, uh, you know, whatever, Microsoft Outlook uh, calendar to manage. For me, I use it a lot. My calendar is filled with stuff. I use me, you know, I have a lot of meetings uh, for different things, DaVinci Academy, you know, scheduling these podcast episodes, scheduling meetings for the device development project. Uh, research meetings, things like that. So I have to keep track of all these things. Um, other obligations, I put, I put even you know other th th personal things that I have to, I don't want to forget you know on there. And so I put you know notifications so I don't miss meetings or miss things. Um, and set up reminders, emails, or you can have it buzz you know your phone or whatever. I think though you know that's really important. A lot of this organizational stuff it seems pretty obvious. You just got to do it. And I think from and I'm included in that. I have to remind myself just to do it. I think also keeping your files organized. So if you're like working on a couple research projects, have each project have a file, each, you know, within each file, maybe, you know, if you're writing a paper, have, you know, the papers you've reviewed to write the literature, the introduction portion, you know, have that as a folder, have another folder where like you have drafts of manuscripts, have another folder with the figures. You want to keep things really organized because the last thing you want to do is lose something, you know, accidentally delete something. Those are all really not great things, not great things to happen. And so you don't want to lose track of everything and it'll help you find things and you'll work faster. If you can find things easily, you won't, if you can't, don't have to waste time searching your computer to find stuff, you will work faster. And at the end of the day, also to juggle a lot of different things or even just a couple things on top of your main job of being a student or, you know, in your clinical work, is you've got to be able to, you know, whatever time you do, you got to be very effective. You got to be, you got to work fast. You got to work efficiently. Um, keep your desk, your workspace, whatever, wherever you, you know, your couch, your coffee table, wherever you do your work, you know, keep it organized. Don't have a bunch of papers randomly. And look, I'm just as guilty as this as a lot of people. Again, this is the area I'm working on. You know, my desk is a little cluttered right now. I'll be honest. I can't really show it to you. Um, but you know, it's, it's a little bit cluttered and I'm trying to get it cleaned up. And, you know, it's been something I've just been working on, you know, but I think I do have a filing system for both, you know, personal things like my finances and other things like that. And, you know, things for my car or whatever. And, you know, organizing your personal stuff as well is also really important because, 
you know, having that in order, and then it's something you can, again, you can carry over to this. And if you have your personal, you know, affairs organized, you know, organize your other endeavors as well. So keeping track of that. The other big thing, and the residents listening to this would definitely know, is to-do lists. You know, when you're in residency, usually you have each day, you have a to-do list of things you wanna do or you need to get done. Often you have a to-do list for, you know, if you're in like medicine or surgery or things like that, uh, you have a to-do list for every patient. In interventional radiology, we do the same thing. You know, usually the, those are, you know, consenting patients, ordering labs, you know, seeing patients on the floor, things like that. In diagnostic radiology, you don't necessarily have a to-do list, but you have a list of studies you've got to get through. And so you have a list of things you've got to check off. Um, as well. So, you know, having a checklist of things that you need to get done, whether it's that day, that week, that month, I think really kind of organizes your tasks. I think, and whenever you think of a task that you have to do, write it down. And there's a lot of different ways. You can do it the old fashioned way. You can write it, you know, you can have a little notebook or notepad and write it down there. I use Google Docs. I have a Word doc. I can, you know, you have the app on your phone. I can access the Google Doc anywhere. I have a weekly to do list. And then the to do list. I break it out by every, you know, everything, single thing. I So I have a to-do list for my residency stuff. So, you know, if there's some kind of administrative thing I've got to do, like logging my hours or things like that, or if there's, you know, things I want to study, you know, studying I want to get done, certain videos I want to watch or, or, or things like that, or things to review, I'll put that on there. Uh, having a, ch you know, a checklist for the podcast, you know, you know scheduling, such and such a podcast episode with Dr. So-and-so, you know, I need to reach out, confirm that this time is available. You know, other things on there, I need, you know, for Dimitri Academy, I need to write this lecture, I need to record this lecture and so on and so on. So I have those all down. And then, you know, for research, for the device project, you know, I need to review this uh, for, the, for the device project, I need to prepare for this meeting, things like that. Um, needed to look into this possible aspect of the design, things like that. And then as far as, you know, research, obviously, you know, whatever you're at in the research, you know, you put that on there, whether it's, you know, you're submitting a manuscript, revising it, things like that. And then as far as, you know, there's a good to keep a, per, uh, you know, a personal to-do list as well, you know, kind of, you know, get the dry cleaning, you know, go to the grocery store, whatever, whatever you want to put on there, you know, to keep yourself in line. It just makes it less frantic um, as well. So I think those are those are some kind of tools. Another app I've seen used is Todoist. I've I've used that before. I used actually that a lot in med school. I've I used it. I stopped using it because I've started using uh, just the you know Google Doc because I can get that. But Todoist is nice. It'll send you email reminders. It will. Um, it you know you can access it on your phone on your computer. It's it's very versatile. Um, I'll put a link to that in the description. I don't get any money if you sign up for it or, or not. You know, you can just check it out. I, I don't, you know, have anything. I don't get any money from Google Calendar or any, anything else I've I've recommended or suggested you use. And then lastly, you know, I get asked this a lot. You know, how how do you find the time for all this stuff that you're doing? How do you fit it in? There's only so many hours in the day on top of being a resident. It's hard. I'll, I'll admit it's it's hard. I think, you know, one thing you got to be, again, that's why I go back to picking things that you're passionate about, picking things that you want, are interested in, that you think are going to give you something valuable. Because at the end of the day, you know, this is when, you know, this, you know, you're doing this when you are at the end of the day and you, maybe you had a long day and you, you know, it was a tough day and you don't feel like doing it. And you but the problem is a lot of this stuff, like you can't just put it off for weeks on end. 
I mean, maybe in some cases, or like, you know, if you submit a paper, obviously you don't have to do anything for it until you get some, you know, word back from the journal. But most of these things, now that being said, for all of my things, am I doing something for every single thing every single day? Usually not. I would say usually I'm doing, I'm always doing something for one of, usually multiple of these things. But often the way I do it is I kind of block times out. So I'll say Saturday afternoon from one to four o'clock or whatever, or one to six or however long it needs, I'm going to focus on this one particular project and what needs to get done. It's just knock a bunch of stuff out for that particular project. So that's one way I'll do it. Uh, time boxing is a big thing. That's usually helpful in the evenings because you obviously will have more time on a day off if you have the whole day um, versus if the evening you only have a couple hours. And, you know, let's say even if you just take an hour and you say, I'm going to take this hour, I'm going to put my phone away, I'm going to turn it off, and I'm going to dial in on this particular task. And you don't want to make it unrealistic. You don't, you're not going to write an entire research manuscript in an hour. It's just not going to happen. And so, you know, keeping it realistic and saying, you know, maybe you say, I'm going to, if you're in, you know, if you're writing a research paper, you're going to, you could say, I'm going to review three papers and write a little summary for them in the next hour. So I'm going to read the papers, write the summary, and there you go. You got something productive out of that one hour versus if you're, if you feel like you have to write the whole paper, you may get distracted, you may get discouraged. And so it's just not, I don't think that's the way to do it. And so I think time boxing, this is something I've heard actually Elon Musk uses a lot, you know, the founder of uh, Tesla and SpaceX and a million other, you know, talk about someone who's juggling 50,000 things. Um, I've heard that's what he, that's one of the tactics he uses is time boxing. I think the other thing going with scheduling your time, you can, I think what I've started to do, what I think is helpful is scheduling it in your calendar and saying, I am going to spend like I said, one to f one o'clock to four o'clock on Saturday, you know, writing this research paper or researching for this grant or writing this grant or recording these videos or whatever, you know, it is um, those types of things, not just like set meetings or, you know, things that you need to go to events or whatever, um, scheduling tasks or scheduling things in so that, you know, it kind of holds yourself accountable to it, too. You know what I mean? And then you can feel I think it makes you feel better that like you saw it. You scheduled it, you did it, it's done. You feel better about it. And so that's that's good. Um, I think the other thing is, unfortunately, you got to give up free time. I mean, there's times when it's sunny out. I want to go play tennis. I want to go play golf. And I don't do it because I need to record a video or I need to do a podcast or I need to, you know, do something for a grant or a research paper or, you know, whatever. And, you know, at the, you know, at the end of the day, you know, if you're going to do something, you want to do it well. You know, there's no, I don't think there's a point in doing something if you're going to do it halfway. And so at the end, again, going back to, you know, picking things that you're passionate about. I think also being, a, again, using your schedule, being aware of things that are coming up. So like, for example, in December, I knew I was taking a week off uh, for the holidays and I was going to be spending a lot of time with family. And I really didn't want to be bothered with really, even though I have all these things, I kind of wanted to hit the pause button. And not, you know, I don't have to go to work for residency. These other things, you know, there's maybe a few tasks sprinkled here and there kind of, you know, I could easily do maybe on my computer while watching TV that I would let slide to, that I would let myself, you know, do while I was, you know, visiting family and friends. But aside from that, I really didn't want to be recording videos or doing podcasts or, you know, doing really much of anything 
during my time off. So I really went hard the couple days, the couple weeks before. You know, I re- I didn't do a lot of free stuff. I you know didn't do a lot of you know social things. Unfortunately, you got to cancel time with friends or family sometimes to do these things. It's it's unfortunate, but you know that's it's the way it goes. Um, and so I you know I was working really really hard and working long hours to get these things done because I knew I didn't want to have to spend time you know at the holidays. And so if you know if, the same thing applies if you know you have a vacation, you're taking a trip. Um, and look, I'm not saying you got to work 24 hours a day on all this stuff. That's that's just ridiculous. Um, and so I think, you know, you got to also in there budget time for yourself, budget time for things that you're passionate about. And so, you know, again, that's really what it comes down to. Lastly, efficiency. One, I think this has come to that's just something that comes with experience. I think in this day and age, if you're kind of taking an hour, a couple hours of really focus on something, you got to put your phone away. I mean, you can't be answering texts. You can't be checking emails. You can't be looking at Instagram, Twitter, whatever. I mean, that you just can't be doing that. You can't be interrupting. I mean, some people can work like that. If you can work like that and you get you know, fine, me, I kind of have to focus. I can't, I can't be bothered with that kind of stuff, you know, every five minutes, every 10 minutes. It just, it just gets in the way. And so keeping yourself focused, maybe you put your phone away, turn it off, whatever you need to do. I think the other thing is working fast, working, working quick. And that's where saying organized. I think being organized is where that really helps. If you're wasting time looking for stuff, then that's, you know, that's going to eat up time and cut away from your productivity. And I think the other thing is, is, you know, just using different tactics. I mean, it's hard to, to generalize it because there's so many different things out there. Um, I think some things I use is I try to use as many, like when I'm producing videos, for example, I use a lot of standardized templates, uh, the descriptions for the YouTube videos, the audio, I try to keep that stuff pretty standardized and just edit the, you know, relevant portions versus having to rewrite a bunch of stuff. There's no sense in rewriting things if you don't need to. And so uh, that as well, I kind of have a standard template format for, you know, presentations I'd give it, you know, whether it's, you know, a lecture I'm invited to give or a meeting or, you know, like a conference or something like that. I have kind of standardized templates for that. So you're not wasting time doing that. Uh, templates for research papers as well. So I think using those kind of things, trying to help help yourself, you know, not spend as much time on those types of things. I think the other thing with efficiency is kind of breaking things up. So you have the, let's take a research project, for example. You've got this huge task of, you've got to do this research project You've got to write this paper and you got to submit it. Now you got to do the research and then you got to write the manuscript. You got to break that down into portions. So let's say you've actually reached the manuscript writing portion. You know, every research paper generally has an introduction, materials and methods, results, and a discussion and conclusion sections. And then you have the figures. You can't, I would not put in your to-do list, write research paper. It's very generic. It's a huge task. I would say, you could, I would say, even make it a section, like write the introduction. And even in the introduction, you could say, because you write the introduction, you've got to review the literature. So you could even make that a task, review the literature, summarize the literature is another task, and then add, and then writing the introduction. Materials and methods, you know, same type of thing. You know, the statistics, you know, if either whether you're doing them or somebody else, you know, that's a whole other task as well. And then the results section and discussion and so on. And so I think, you know, you know, breaking it down into separate tasks, into chunks, it makes it much, much easier. 
Um, it makes it just more manageable, even in your mind. A lot of this is a mind game. A lot of this is, you know, knowing, you know, kind of knowing yourself and not letting yourself get overwhelmed or defeated because you didn't finish everything. And then I think if you have a to-do list and let's say during a week, you just didn't get to it all it happens to me all the time. It's okay to let it roll over. It's okay. It happens. And so you just let it roll over or you try to budget some more time somewhere else to get it done. Maybe stay up one extra hour, you know, one night to finish out, finish it out. And you know, that's okay if you got to do that. So to close this out, just the three things again, that you want to focus on picking projects, endeavors that you're ideally very passionate about, but at the very least interested in or something that you can get, uh, you know, acquire skills that are valuable to you that you can apply to another endeavor or a great mentor that you can learn from and work with and be connected with. Uh, the other thing is organizing yourself, organizing your time, organizing you know, your workspace, organizing you know, your schedule, your calendar, making sure that you, know, you can easily find things. Again, that contributes to efficiency. And then lastly, how you schedule your time, you know, making sure that you block out time, making sure you, you know, use your time wisely, efficiently, uh, you know, breaking things down into smaller, more manageable tasks. Uh, those types of things I think can really help you out. And you know, I hope I hope this uh, gave you guys some value, gave you some uh, some tips and tactics you can use to really you know manage whatever you're working on and what you're passionate about and take on new endeavors. Um, and you know, best of luck with you, to you guys in this new year. I hope it's it's a great year for you. I, you know, I'm looking forward to you know being a part of this journey with you guys. It's really a privilege and an honor to uh, you know provide any kind of value to you that I can, whether it's through this podcast, through our educational. Uh, materials and so on. And so thanks again for listening and, and subscribing to the YouTube channel and subscribing to the podcast, you know, on whatever platform you listen it on and hitting the like button and all that kind of stuff. Um, believe it or not, stuff that, that stuff really helps get this stuff recognized. It helps the algorithm push it and get it, uh, you know, widespread and passing it on to your friends and colleagues. We, we really, really appreciate it. Uh, so thanks again, guys, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Da Vinci Hour brought to you by DaVinci Academy. More episodes are available on our website at dviacademy.com, our YouTube channel. They're also available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Also on our website, you can find our video courses for anatomy, biochemistry, and histology, and they're available as month-to-month -month packages. They're also available as a combo package where you can get all three courses in one. Our website also has a store where you can find our outline format textbooks for anatomy, biochemistry, and histology. All textbooks are available in paperback version and as ebooks as well. These textbooks complement our video courses and provide a nice addition to the learning experience of allowing you to focus on the learning and not having to write anything down. On our website, we also provide a free clinical cases video series called Da Vinci Cases. Da Vinci Cases aims to help you learn how to answer USMLE questions and apply concepts that you learn in our courses to answering those questions. Our cases cover a variety of topics and organ systems, and they're updated frequently with new cases. And then lastly on our website, you can find our blog, which has interesting articles that cover medical history, important figures in medicine, and innovations in medicine. Again, thank you for listening to this episode of the Da Vinci Hour, brought to you by Da Vinci Academy. Please be sure to tune in for our next episode.